honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on the SportsStuff.com and also brought to you by the Oddman Media Network. Here are your hosts, Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Logan Timberwolves fans, are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, and Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It's a pleasure to be back on air to talk Timberwolves basketball once again. Yeah, we're not really winning a whole lot, (laughs) but at least our franchise player of the future has definitely, I mean definitely, Broken out of the, the rookie slump, the rookie wall, as they like to call it. It, it happens to all of them. They get exhausted, they get frustrated, this and that. It's kind of like middle to later in their rookie season. Like, let's just say the third quarter of the season, they tend to hit a wall. And then sometimes in the fourth quarter, they pick it back up again and start playing awesome and maybe even better than ever and catapult themselves to rookie of the year. Well, that's pretty much to a T what Andrew Wiggins is doing. He was fantastic this past week. Absolutely fantastic. Timberwolves played four games this week. They went one and three. I predicted the Wolves to lose to Utah, beat the Lakers, lose to Houston, and lose to New Orleans. Well, I was right about the number, but wrong about Utah and L.A. I flip-flopped those two, uh, apparently. Wolves just could not beat L.A., unfortunately. But we beat the Jazz in Utah, which was a pretty fun game. Went to overtime. Not good quality basketball or anything, but hey. It's nice to win as a confidence builder, so give the Wolves credit there. Because we're not tanking, damn it. We're not tanking, and and those guys should be fired because, like, if they work for ESPN, that's just irresponsible. They'd be fired for sure because the irresponsible conversation there. Uh, Flip Saunders absolutely irate at the Utah Jazz announcers talking about how ridiculous it was for the Timberwolves. And by the way, the Wolves played the Utah Jazz Monday, March the 23rd, and beat them 106-104. But, uh, yeah, Flip Saunders irate at the Jazz reporters for saying how ridiculous it is that the Wolves are only dressing seven players, or eight players, and one of them <laughs> one of them was Kevin Martin, who's dressed, and he's not available to play, but he's dressed. Like, he, they had to dress him because the, the limit uh, is, <laughs> like, I believe seven players have to be dressed, and at least Kevin Martin's dressed up, is dressed now in order to, to meet the minimum standards. And boy, that's just ridiculous. This team is clearly tanking. And then we go and beat them. Okay, I guess we're tanking then. So Flip, yeah, Flip gave them a piece of his mind. And good for him, I suppose. Good for him. <laughs> oh, Rudy Gobert. My goodness, that guy's a son of a gun, isn't he? 18 points, 17 rebounds, energy all over the place. I thought we were going to lose this game with the way he was just tearing it up in the middle. That guy uh, almost stole the MVP away from Andrew Wiggins in the uh, the uh, rookie-sophomore game, or future stars game, I guess they call it now, where it's filled with rookies and sophomores kind of playing together, and they switch them all around like world versus U.S., so that's kind of interesting. Um, <laughs> Shabazz Muhammad and Zach Levine were on the U.S., and Wiggins and Gorge were on the world, along with Gobert. Gobert who was, uh, again, fantastic, getting a double-double. He's going to be a nice player in this league, and that's probably why the Utah Jazz gave up 
Enos Cantor because it looks like Rudy Gobert is going to be more than uh, capable of filling that center role. My God, the guy played freaking awesome. Maybe he was taking a personal and Andrew Wiggins got that MVP instead of him. Maybe. I mean, maybe. <laughs> 18 points, 17 rebounds, like I said, and in six blocks as well. Changing a lot of shots in this one. Zach Levine got blocked five times. Gorgie Zhang blocked three times in the game. Even Wiggins was blocked in the game. But uh, at the end of the day, the Wolves got the job done, and that was the fun part. Yeah, ultimately, seven guys played. Um, seven guys played, what, eight dressed, because they, yes, they dressed Kevin Martin. And, of course, this coach's decision behind Kevin Martin, but no, he's he's injured, unfortunately, to him. Justin Hamilton, at this point, still out with a migraine situation. Dukovic out for usual, for usual purposes, chronic ankle injuries. <laughs> and I took a nice tongue lashing out of uh, my buddy Vince Germano and co-host. We're kind of co-hosts to each other, but I guess he's been the co-host lately on uh, the Showtime and T-Wolves show. Do check that out. That show needs a little bit of love. I think a lot of you either don't know about it or... I don't know if you have low expectations or what the deal is, but do check it out. Showtime and T-Wolves on iTunes. Check it out. That show could, yeah. It, it, and I know it's probably because it doesn't get released much, so people forget about it. It's going to get released more often, trust me. It's just a lot of BS with our schedules and stuff. Neither of us are, are bad or anything. We just get busy and forget and all that stuff. So that was always going on there, and we had an absolute blast in that one. Um, but talking about future stars, my goodness, pardon me for that. I thought I had that off. <laughs> but talking about future stars, probably like, what the hell was that? <laughs> I have to leave that in there because it's hilarious. <laughs> this wouldn't be Timberwolves Explosion if it wasn't a little bit funny. But yeah, the future stars of the Timberwolves, regardless if they were on the world team or the U.S. team, Andrew Wiggins and Zach Levine, my goodness. I mean, it was like the future stars game all over again with Wiggins and Levine just dunking the ball, hitting shots. Zach Levine, five of six from three-point range. Unbelievable. 27 points for Zach Levine. And here's the good news, ladies and gentlemen. And you're going to hear from Mr. Tanae Brown about this as well later on in the Fan Interaction segment. This will be a three-segment show as per usual. Zach Levine. Well, gosh darn it, you know? You look at this backcourt. You, you, you look at the lineup here. Let's see. Lorenzo Brown, guard. Zach Levine, guard. Well, that's good news because Lorenzo Brown's a point guard. So that means Zach Levine's playing shooting guard. <laughs> And he looks fantastic at shooting guard, doesn't he? I'm very happy about this. Uh, how, how could I not be? <laughs> Welcome to shooting guard, your rightful position. And look at that, 27 points, just like that. Way to kick some butt, Zach. Way to kick some butt. Yeah, hitting the threes. There's your shooting guard of the future, ladies and gentlemen. That's why I'm not all in on taking a D'Angelo Russell. I, I almost want to call him D'Angelo Williams, but it's D'Angelo Russell out of Ohio State. Because it's like, what's the point? That's like a log jam right there. Uh, and then yes, you got Towns as a likely candidate to go number two because it looks like Mr. Jaleel Okafor could go number one overall to the New York Knicks. That's it, of course, if the draft goes as, as it's supposed to, and it never does. Let's just hope and pray that some stupid team doesn't shoot up ahead of everybody and the Wolves get dropped down to three or four because that would totally suck. would be nice to get one of those two big centers and hopefully they both end up succeeding and whichever one we take is, is the better one. <laughs> because it seems like whenever there's two centers at the top of the draft, one of them goes on to be really good. Sometimes a superstar, but sometimes just really, really good. And the other one, well, you kind of like sort of don't remember him that well. you know. And it's kind of a bummer, isn't it? Like Tyrus Thomas versus... <clears throat> Versus our buddy, uh, 
LaMarcus Aldridge. You know, I, I hate his guts because the way, the way him and Kevin Love used to go at it all the time. But yeah, LaMarcus Thomas, LaMarcus Thomas, LaMarcus Aldridge and Tyrus Thomas. Let's see, Tyrus Thomas, I barely know who he is anymore. And LaMarcus Aldridge is, you know, a boy, is pretty much an all-star power forward in this league. He's been having a really good couple of years here of, of late in particular. So it happens all the time. you got Eddie Curry and Tyson Chandler. Need I say more? Now, Tyson Chandler did not go on to be a superstar, but he went on to be a pretty productive player in the league. Ultimately, he started slower than Eddie Curry, but Eddie Curry just flat out got heavy and, and died as a player. That sucks for him. But yeah, just saying, hopefully we take the right one here. Doesn't matter if you're one or two. It matters which one you take, ultimately. Oh, the Jazz really are getting lucky with that Rudy Gobert. Rodney Hood got the start this game. He looked okay, but he doesn't get to, I mean, he doesn't play as much as you'd like. This is going to annoy Hank McCoy and maybe some others, but <laughs> I'm not that impressed with Trey Burke, man. And uh, he talks about him on the uh, page later on. I'm not that impressed with Trey Burke. I mean, just look at his field goal percentage in this game. What, what's this 2 of 13 and 4 of 22 garbage? That sucks. And I know you can't judge him on one game, but look at his look at his sample size the past two years, Hank and and, and others out there, including <laughs> the guy who hosts the show that I, that will never be mentioned again. Um, yeah, I mean, what the hell? Uh, they jump on Trey Burke's bandwagon like as if he's the next. I don't even know who to come up with the next Chris Paul or God knows what. I'm not that impressed with this guy. Uh, you know, I'm, yeah, I'll talk about it later. Uh, yeah, really? You know? <laughs> yeah, you'll hear from me in a little bit, but <laughs> the question that was proposed to me, let's just say I'm pretty happy with how things turned out in our side of this thing. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm happy with it. Okay, I already spoiled it, whatever, but you'll hear what uh, the question is when we get to it. Nice little game for the Wolves. We played well, and I like Lorenzo Brown a lot more than I sounded earlier in the season. He's when I don't necessarily like him in traffic driving to the basket, even though he's good at it at times, but sometimes he just gets swatted and it's annoying to watch. But ultimately, I like his composure as a point guard. I like that. I like his defense. He's, he's good at a lot of things. So Lorenzo Brown, to me, is a worthy backup point guard in the NBA. I think ultimately the way he's been playing since the Wolves did acquire him via... Was it waivers, free agency, whatever it was? I, he's a he's a worthy backup, and I think he's played his way into the National Basketball Association for possibly a good ten years. And I'm not saying that because oh man, he's going to be so good, and everybody's going to be clamoring for him. No, you don't have to be a star to play ten years in this league. I think he's going to be a valuable backup point guard for a good ten years in this league. I think he's bought himself that, uh, and I I believe in Lorenzo Brown as an NBA player. I don't cringe when I see him with the basketball out there. When I saw <laughs> Troy Daniels bringing the ball up the court, it was horrifying to watch. Oh my God, it was horrifying. And, and when you're six feet tall, and all you can do is shoot three-pointers, and sometimes you're not even good at that, like you're 0 of 6 or something, that guy's going to have a hard time staying in the league. And when he was hot, he was unbelievable, but... Uh, yeah, I guess it just wasn't to be at this point in time. We'll see what happens with the Charlotte Hornets and God knows what in the future. Uh, even Sean Kilpatrick had a nice little game against the Utah Jazz. In fact, he was out there when the Wolves were playing greatest because he, as, as he was plus 14 in the game in a 20-minute span, about a 20-minute span, 13 points for Sean Kilpatrick. He might have a 
he might be one of those guys who's who's gets really a heavy look during summer league and and he will definitely be invited to a training camp if not our training camp next season. I got to think he's given him he's given himself enough of a look from scouts in the NBA that he will get invited to a training camp and he'll have a shot to make a 11th or 12th spot on his team. I mean, I wouldn't be all too surprised. But overall, just a fun, positive game for the Timberwolves, and I'll take it. Tank or not, we all want to tank. I understand that, but I'll take it. Let's move on before I drag this any longer. I bet you I'm wearing you all out already, even though I probably brought bring in some nice energy to the show. <clears throat> Minnesota, Los Angeles at home <coughs> against the LA Lakers Wednesday, March the 25th. Oh, come on, man. Really? We lost to the Lakers, man. And I know Vince Germano's, like, pissed off because why the hell are we beating the Wolves anyway? What's the point? I mean, we want to get our lottery picks. Do we want to be the top five team or not? Yeah, I mean, I I think both of us do. And my God, you look at the attendance for the game, and it's probably even less than that. Only 13,438 people had tickets for the game. Now, did they show up? I hope so. (laughs) That's... That's really sad. You know, remember when Minnesota LA was like a sellout every single time? Okay, whatever. That's like a while ago anyway. But um, remember when it was fun. Chase Bunninger, after having a 15-point game against Utah, horrible field goal percentage, 4 of 13 from the floor. Much better this time around, 9 of 14 against the Lakers. He played very well in this game and had 22 points, but the man of the night was Andrew Wiggins. And it's not only that he was 8 of 16 from the floor and, and dunking and all that good stuff, showing off his athleticism with two steals, two blocks, and of course the scoring in general, but the stat right here is the telling stat overall for Andrew Wiggins, and it's a sign, a very bright sign of the future. He didn't get in many free throws against the Utah Jazz, but 10 of 11 in this one, and this is a trend that continues throughout the week for Andrew Wiggins, at least particularly in today's game. Against the <laughs> against the horrifying Pelicans. Every time the Wolves play the Pelicans, it's like disaster. <laughs> Especially down in Nolens. You got the lemon and the tomato juice over there with a the, with the shrimp hooked up to the uh, to the umbrella and all that good stuff. I mean, there's nothing better than that, is there? <sighs> nothing better than that. <laughs> Man, you got a college hockey game in the background. That was the. I mean, I don't know how much closer you get to scoring a goal than and not getting it than what I just saw. But, yeah, very distracting and out of uh, topic. But, damn, <laughs> sorry about that. Dorgie Zheng was a mess in this game. Six turnovers, couldn't hang on to the freaking ball. Five fouls as well, out of control. This game just kind of, yeah. I mean, Zach Levine a bit out of control as well. Buttinger had some moments that weren't good, but overall had a strong game. Kilpatrick was killing us way too many minutes for Sean Kilpatrick. I don't care how, how, I don't care how limited we are, but this is this is garbage, man. I mean, why is John Kilpatrick getting that much playing time? I mean, we we really might be tanking here. One of six from three point range from Sean Sean Kilpatrick. What the hell? Why is he shooting that many threes in the first place? Why is he playing that many minutes <laughs> when he's clearly not playing well? If he's actually having a nice little night, okay, ride it out. But Jiminy Christmas, that's ugly. Yeah, that was really, really, really hard to watch. Adrian Payne played like crap, and he only got 26 minutes or 27 minutes, whatever, in the game. Terrible. Five points, five rebounds. Mm. Yeah, just a, a lousy game. Two of six from the floor, if I didn't mention that already. Zach Levine, terrible field goal percentage for him, too. But at least he still wound up with 18 points, five assists, six rebounds. 
Again, love him as a shooting guard, and yeah, you're, you're going to get that. I mean, shooting guards are going to have their off nights, especially 20-year-old shooting guards. <laughs> In Zach Levine's case, he's awfully young. He might even still be 19, if I remember correctly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, kind of a rookie wall night for him, I suppose. And he is he is 20 now, as of March 10th. <laughs> yeah, he's only about, okay, I don't even want to talk. Who cares? He's about 17 years younger than my brother. That's really sad, actually. Yeah, 17 years younger than my brother, who was born on March 8th. Yeah, 78. Wow, it's crazy. Justin Hamilton, he must have taken the Excedrin because he's back. Four points, four rebounds. Too soon? Too soon? About, yeah, I should be making fun of his headache. Too soon, right? <laughs> uh, you know, what a worthless, ugly game of basketball. And it had to go to overtime. And people in this town were saying the same thing. Like, why did this game have to go to overtime? What an abomination to watch. It was terrible basketball. And right here, ultimately, yeah, Andrew Wiggins was fantastic in the game. And I, I just loved it. 50% one up with 27 points. Definitely by far the highlight of the game. Even though Chase Munninger also played very well. But when you have Sean Kilpatrick out there for about 25 minutes, play and play is like nothing, non-factor as he was, and Adrian Payne, just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, some nights he looks really good, and other nights he just does not. It's kind of annoying to watch. Uh, some I think he's going to be a nice player, but there's definitely no guarantee that he will be. But yeah, Sean Kilpatrick, my God, that's just like, uh, that's almost as bad, you know, you know, hoisting up six threes, that's almost as bad as... Uh, as, uh, what was his name? I don't even want to remember his name anymore. Mark Madsen hoisting up, like, 11 three-pointers against whoever it was in the final game of the season to avoid uh, losing our draft pick to the Los Angeles Clippers so it could stay protected. Oh, good for us, right? That was fun to watch. Oh, that was an abomination. Mm. Yeah, I remember Garnett was pissed off about that. That was, like, way back in the day. Like, uh, yeah, that was when we had Sprewell and stuff. We wouldn't, we didn't want to lose our pick to the... No, no, that was the year after. Pardon me. We didn't want to lose our pick to the uh, Clippers. But, uh, well, from what I remember, I don't think that draft pick amounted to a whole lot anyway. <laughs> I ought to look that up. Eh, whatever. Friday, March 27th, as expected, the Wolves lost to the Houston Rockets, 120-110. to And you notice every single freaking game, the Minnesota Timberwolves gave up triple digits this week, including that abomination in the Target Center Wednesday the 25th against the Fakers. They're not the Lakers, they're the Fakers at this point in time. They're so bad, it's not even funny. And we were worse, because we, we just were. What I like about this one, I mean, what I hate about it is we always give up a billion points and get our ass kicked by the Houston Rockets because, I mean, they always kick our ass. But what I like, <laughs> can you guess what I like? I mean, I hate the end result. Just hate it with a freaking passion. I hate it. But the good news is uh, our guy is a lot younger than theirs. That's the good news, and I think we'll be better. Uh, I think he'll be better than James Harden. I think Andrew Wiggins is going to have a better career than James Harden. Yeah. I'm predicting that. Sure, go ahead. Attack me if you will. Attack me if you will, man. I think this argument is bulletproof from my point of view. So come and get me if you like. No problem. Andrew Wiggins gets up to play. Mr. Monsieur Harden. James Harden. The bearded man, whatever he is. It's a circus when he plays, isn't it? 9 of 19 from the floor. He made 9 of 10 free throws. Made half of his threes. 6 of 12. 33 points, dominant from the floor. Floaters, whatever it was. Whatever he wanted, he can. He, he just did it. Made his floaters, he made his threes. 
The defense sucked, and I mean just was unbelievably bad. Josh Smith just like coasted right through us time and time again. That's why he was 6 of 8 from the floor. He had 11 assists, missed a triple-double by one rebound, blocked three shots, 16 points. Need I go on? He just destroyed us. Even Corey Brewer, double-double, 11 points, 10 rebounds for Corey freaking Brewer. Not that I'm that surprised, because he's a pretty good player now. He's like a lesser Josh Smith, basically. Basically. Again, attack me on that one, too. I don't know. Oh, somebody's always going to get mad at everything I say, so it's like I kind of get over it right there. Chase Buttinger showing his old squad what they're missing out on. 7 of 10 from the floor, 3 of 4 from 3-point range. Sure, 23-point night. Fantastic, fantastic night for Chase Buttinger as he's trying so hard to get his Lone Wolf Award, his first ever Lone Wolf Award. But Andrew Wiggins, again, was the was the story. I'm sorry to tell you, Chase, but Andrew Wiggins kind of kind of won this battle here. His field goal percentage not as sexy, but overall his game was more sexy. 31 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. And a big thing was a 12 of 15 from the free throw line as he just continues to attack the rim. He gets around people, namely <laughs> namely James Harden, and including Josh Smith, drawing fouls, getting to the line, and making his free throws. As earlier in the year he was struggling from free throw, from the free throw line, he's definitely been improving there, and that is a wonderful sign. You're seeing a competitiveness out of him on a more consistent basis now, and that's awesome. It's not like, time to turn it on, Andrew, come on now. Enough of this laid-back, vanilla vanilla approach. We're getting tired of it. Come on, wake up, Andrew, let's go. It, it looks like he's waking up for everybody now, and that's really good news. Because who's on the Lakers that Andrew Wiggins needed to wake up for? Who's really on the Utah Jazz? <laughs> Trey Burke or whoever, but then again, Trey Burke's not going to guard him anyway. But who's really on the Jazz that Andrew Wiggins needs to wake up for? Yeah, Gobert. Okay, but he plays a completely different position. Maybe he'll try to dunk on him and all that, and that's fantastic. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it just is what it is. Um, very, very nice performance by Wiggins. Unfortunately, outdueled by Monsieur Harden and the, 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 the Rockets. I mean, every time Dwight Howard or Josh Smith or whoever was just kind of tiptoeing to the basket... They'd be open, and the, the pass, the ball would find them wide open under the basket, and they'd be able to dunk it right in there, and that happened all night. I mean, Dwight Howard's 18 points were just so easy and so non, non, like there was no resistance, man. He just kind of tiptoed to the basket. Gorgie wasn't ready for it, and it's too late. And Gorgie had a good game, damn it, he did. I mean, he was 7-11 from the floor, 18-12 and 12 overall, even 4 assists for Gorgie Zhang. But I mean, Howard, the way he just tiptoed to the basket. I mean, he had 18 points in 20 minutes, man. It's just way too easy. Get on him, man. Get on him. He, he, you know, he's got nice weak side defense, but no strong side defense whatsoever for uh, Mr. Gorgie. That's where Pekovich comes in is the strong side defense. But there's like no rim protection from either side of the ball, from, from either center right now. So, I mean, ultimately, if you bring in another guy, great. The only thing is you're going to have a flat-out logjam at the center position because you have Gorgie, Peck, and like Towns or uh, Okafer, depending on the situation there. It'll get very interesting in that sense. And that's why I pissed off uh, Vince and other people when I uh, said that maybe Pekovic should just retire. You know, the fact of the matter <laughs> does come up here. It's not even a matter if I want Pekovic to retire. It's a matter of I think he's going to at some point. I think he's going to be forced to if this continues. Maybe he comes back and plays 79 games. But that would be if his limits, or his limits, his minutes are limited. 
as I get it out correctly. If his minutes are limited to 25 to 28 minutes a game, that's still plenty of minutes, you'll get a, uh, a good effort out of him. He'll be able to play hard without hurting himself. You limit his mileage a little bit. That's the one way you might be able to save Pekovic's career, and he can play out his contract and maybe even get one more. Hopefully not as expensive, and <laughs> I'm guessing it won't be as expensive, I would hope, but who, who knows. I still, to this day, though, will contend this is Pekovic's last contract in the NBA. I think so, just because, but we'll see. I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily rooting for him to retire, but I'm also not counting on him to uh, last either. So, there you go. And the reason why I'd want him to retire is if, well, what if we bring in a bigger name center, or what if we need, what if there's an opportunity to make a move on somebody else, like you want the cap space and such, it would be nice, considering his price tag is $12 million a year. That's a lot. It's not his fault, but it's but it's still a lot. So, it is what it is. It is. Yep, and this game, again, very, very telling on how awful our defense is. And that's pretty much the telltale <laughs> signs of this team. And they've been the telltale signs of this team forever. Sunday, March the 29th, tonight, the Minnesota Generals head to New Orleans. And, yeah, they lose by, like, 30 points. 110 to 88. Okay, 20 points. <laughs> Might as well be 30. Yeah, 22-point loss to the New Orleans Skeletons. The Wolves were down by a lot early. Made a nice little comeback, and they stayed in it for a while. They, they would kind of go down by a lot and come back a little bit. And then the fourth quarter was just horse crap. I mean, just utter, utter garbage. It was dog days. It was garbage time. It sucked. Andrew Wiggins was the best player on the floor. Driving to the basket, attacking the rim, 8 of 9 from the free throw line. We appreciate that. One up with only 20 points, though. Didn't shoot particularly well. Adrian Payne was probably, you know, Adrian, they kind of, you know, yeah. I mean, all three, Wiggins, Payne, and Levine were all really good in this game. Chase Budinger, though, in 30 minutes, only 10 points and 33% from the floor. Definitely played his way out of a Lone Wolf Award. <laughs> and I'm spoiling it, but it is what it is. I mean, he played his way out of it. I was about to give it to him. Pekovic injured in this, uh, Pekovic, yeah, Pekovic. Gorgie Zheng injured in this game when he took an elbow from Adrian Payne in the face. Very unfortunate. Only nine minutes. Did get three rounds and three blocks. Was really, really a factor with the shot blocking, and that was freaking awesome. Early in that, I mean, it was all just in the first quarter there. He had three blocks real early, and then wound up with no points, and that was it after that injury, unfortunately. A bit of a homecoming, or homecoming, a bit of a reunion for some guys. Now, yes, Justin Hamilton had returned earlier against the, the Lakers, tonight's game, though, he won up with 11 points. Was a factor out there. 5 of 6 from the floor. He even made a 3-pointer. That was kind of cool to see. So, he, I mean, he was nice out there. He even blocked a shot and got a steal. But also, Robbie Hummel and Anthony Bennett returned. Hey, we got some we got some forces now down low. <laughs> Not really. Anthony Bennett, 2 points, 2 rebounds in 11 and a half minutes. <laughs> And he looked heavier, too. Um, he did. Yeah, he looked heavier. Doesn't that suck? <laughs> it's like, what do you do, though, really? I mean, he he did look heavier. I hope I'm just seeing things and I'm not, like, you know, like, going, like, talking out of my ass. But I saw what I saw. He didn't look thin to me. I hope I'm wrong. <clears throat> Robbie Hummel was doing basically nothing for about ten minutes and then wound up with six points, but all in garbage time. So, again, what do you do? 
Not a not not a good game for the Wolves. I mean, they they had their moments. They made it interesting. Wiggins driving to the basket got the Wolves in a decent margin there in that third quarter. And but then the fourth quarter, it's just floodgates open, man. Thirty three to eighteen in favor of New Orleans. <clears throat> just an awful game. And the Wolves only got eleven points in that first quarter. But again, in the middle quarters, there made things quite interesting for a little while. But um, it just kind of was what I expected ultimately in that fourth quarter. <clears throat> Pardon me. Anthony Davis, even though he, he didn't shoot fantastic, but he shot well enough, and it seemed like he kind of had his way with us all night, and it didn't really matter. He had a 28-point night, made 8 of 10 free throws and 10 of 21 from the floor. <coughs> the rest of the team was okay. Omar Osik was pretty much standing under the basket and getting easy dunks all night. That was fun. It was annoying. You know, it was just annoying. It was just typical bad Wolves defense like against Dwight Howard the previous night. We have no defense down low at all. And with Gorgie out, it was even worse. It was nice to see him blocking some shots. He was actually <laughs> block. He actually blocked Anthony Davis a couple of times, which is insane. That's really awesome. He blocked the brow, as we like to call him. But yeah, Pondexter, Ostek, guys like that. Easy, easy baskets. They were right by the basket, and nobody was guarding them. And that, that was just all she wrote. And a former Timberwolves draft pick who was traded for the, the best uh, shooting guard ever. I don't even remember his name anymore, but the guy we got from Portland. You know, I don't even remember his name. <laughs> but yeah, Luke Babbitt had seven points. So there's there's Lukey. Luke Babbitt, the guy we drafted, and, and we just we just didn't want him. We didn't believe in him. We traded him to Portland. <laughs> Poor Luke Babbitt. He barely had a chance in this league. But he's still around and he's still making money, so good good for him, I suppose. Uh, not much else to say about this game. Just the worst defense ever. And nice to see where he gets being aggressive and attacking the basket. And Wiggins had an awesome dunk in the second quarter. I mean, it was freaking awesome. The, it was, the ball was a nice, uh, fast break. It was a nice, fast break being led by uh, Lorenzo Brown, who won up with eight assists in the night. Zipped it over to Levine, who was kind of attacking on the baseline. Kind of, yeah, from, from the baseline or so. And jammed that sucker past Omar Asik. It was... Uh, Freaking awesome. I mean, it was slam dunk potential right there. Slam dunk champion potential right there. Very, very happy with that. And Adrian Payne, aggressive and good most of the night. 50% shooting, 7 of 14, 11 and 14, if I didn't mention that already. Overall, good energy from Adrian Payne. Just wish you could see that more often. Because uh, when he does play that way, okay, that's, that's a starting core forward. That's a starting core forward right there. But I think he's a little bit on the... I think he's a little bit inconsistent... Um, and ultimately we'll, we'll just have to wait and see uh, as he continues to develop. So let's just, let's pass out the award. Let's wrap up this review segment now, as it's probably riding out a little longer than I would like. Lone Wolf Award, it's going to go to Andrew Wiggins, honorable mention to Chase Budinger and the Johnny Flynn Memorial. Mm, It's going to go to the injuries in general and to the Utah Jazz reporters for calling us tankers because... I mean, what do you do? The guys were hurt. I mean, I'm sorry. But also, <laughs> you know, it is kind of funny. It's like we didn't tank against Utah with the L.A. game. I do kind of wonder about that. Sean Kilpatrick. Leaving Sean Kilpatrick in there for 25 minutes and sucking as bad as he did, that's another, like, Johnny Flynn memorial right there. But I didn't have any expectations of Sean Kilpatrick. It's just the fact that he was left in there. That That's annoying. Uh, the overall injuries of this team, really, really sad, really, really frustrating. We have no idea what this team could be capable of when you have Kevin Martin, Ricky Rubio, Shabazz Muhammad, Gary Neal, 
and Nikola Pekovic all injured. You know, that could be a starting lineup practically right there. <clears throat> Unfortunately, there's no power forward. But yeah, you add Kevin Garnett to that too. There's your power forward. Jeez, look at that. I mean, that's a good team right there. Ricky Rubio, point guard. Kevin Martin, shooting guard. Shabazz Muhammad, small forward. Kevin Garnett, power forward. Nikola Pekovic, center. Gary Neal, six man. Yeah, that's, those are some pretty good players right there that are all out. So it, it just makes you wonder what this team would be capable of if all those guys were healthy. <clears throat> and not all of them would be starting because Andrew Wiggins would be starting. And, well, I mean, maybe Garnett starts, but Adrian Payne gets more minutes, that type of thing. I do hope Lorenzo Brown, though, sticks with his team long-term. He's a nice backup point guard. I would sign him to a, a multi-year contract in the offseason. Doesn't have to be expensive. Could only be like $2 million a year. You know, It doesn't have to be expensive. I doubt he's going to demand a whole lot. But I'd give him like like a nice, you know, couple mil, maybe like a mil, mil and a half, two mil a year. I would consider something around that range. I think he would take it. And, I mean, I would take him, to be quite frank. There it is. Let's wrap up the segment, and we'll come back to preview three games right after this. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Well, the Timberwolves have about six or seven guys injured, but they had the same thing the year before that, and the year before that, and the year before that. So, what's new? And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two, preview segment, three games to preview. So let's get to it right away. Monday, March the 30th, we wrap up the month of March to play the Utah Utes, no, the Utah Jazz, in Target Center. We got a three-game homestand, so that's going to be kind of nice. Maybe we collect a win or two here. We'll see. But the Utah Jazz come to town Monday, March the 30th. I think the Wolves have a nice chance of winning this one. I think so. Uh, I hope so. (laughs) We wrap up the season series. Last time the Utah Jazz came to the Wolves' land, we gave up 100 points. Wow, well, that's a surprise. We gave up 100 points the game before that, and we gave up the 100 points uh, when we beat them last Monday. So I'm sure the Jazz will score 100 points again. Everybody's going to score 100. Some people are saying, what what is this? The people demand, (laughs) some guy wrote this, the people demand Utah 108, Minnesota 100, MVP Gordon Hayward. Okay, that's interesting. Some guy predicted that. Did we come with the good and bad Buster Bennett? Um, hmm, well, <laughs> it's just a random guy on there named Ryan. So I'm sure he doesn't care that I read that. I'm sure he, yeah. Uh, anyhow, Rudy Gobert, Gordon Hayward, Rodney Hood, Donna Exum, Trey Burke, all these all these studs of the Utah Jazz. No, they've won 32 games, though. And, you know, Derek Favors, all these young players, 
eventually it's going to pay off and the Jazz are going to get better here. I do think they, well, I do think, I know, I know they entered the draft lottery because they've already lost 41 games. They entered the draft lottery again and hopefully for their sake they can pick up a pretty nice player. Maybe uh, the guy from Louisville here. Uh, the guy's escaping my name. Uh, his name is escaping me now. But um, uh, the small forward there, that might be a nice addition for them. But then again, no, they already have Gordon Hayward. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> what am I thinking? Whatever it is, they'll get somebody in the draft. I'm sure that will help them. Maybe they should take another point guard. Uh-huh. No, a shooting guard is probably their definite need right now. They're good at center, small forward. Power forward, point guard. They have two guys, Exum and Burke there, going at it. We'll see what happens with the Jazz there. And I do think the Wolves win this one. And I think Wiggins continues a 20 points and up type of type of game. I think he gets a, I think he attempts double-digit free throws. Hopefully Gorgie Zheng is healthy. It'll be nice to see him go against Gobert again. He played well the time before, 7-11 from the floor at the time. I do think I think the Wolves win this one 104-100. to It's going to be a pretty close game. Maybe it'll take overtime to get there, but the Jazz will reach triple digits, but just barely. Minnesota, 104-100 to over the Utah Jazz, possibly in overtime, and Wiggins will be the leading scorer. Buttinger will probably get double digits again. Hopefully somebody like Anthony Bennett can step up, but yeah, don't be surprised to see Zach Levine do what he does. He's been playing very well at the shooting guard position. That has got me very excited indeed. Wednesday, April the 1st, April Fools. <laughs> the Toronto Raptors come to town, and it's going to be an April Fools if you think the Wolves are going to beat the Raptors because we don't match up well with this team. We don't, and I think they're going to head to the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. There's really no doubt about it. As of March 24th, Kyle Lowry was uh, out with back spasms. I wouldn't be surprised to see him return at this point in time. In fact, not at all, to be quite honest. They got Amir Johnson. They got all these nice players. Vasquez is a nice backup point guard. DeMar DeRozan, just love him. Valenciunas, uh, a nice player as well. Like, uh, last time around, we lost 105-100. A very nice game as Sam Mitchell was back coaching his old team. And the Wolves played very well. And I don't know if it's because they wanted to support Sam Mitchell or because he was, uh, <laughs> I don't know what it was. Or he just knew them really well. I don't think he knew them that well, though. It's been a while. The best player in the game by far was Kevin Martin, and odds are he's not going to play, but maybe Zach Levine will have a big game this time around. He didn't play well at all last time. Only about about 20 minutes, he, he had five points and poor shooting and not not just not much going on. Lorenzo Brown was pretty good, though, in 20 minutes as well. Uh, I think the Wolves compete in this one, but don't win. I don't think they win, because, yeah, I mean, really, one of the main, the main reason they were in this game is because Kevin Martin was shooting the lights out. Andrew Wiggins, kind of a non-factor in his hometown. And I don't know if he was nervous or what the deal was. Just wasn't that good. And he almost fouled out. That didn't help either. Uh, (laughs) Didn't help at all, to be quite honest. But I'm going to go with Toronto. And I'm going to pick triple digits because everybody's scoring triple digits against the Wolves. Seriously. (laughs) Everybody's scoring triple digits against the Wolves. We're going to go with 104. (laughs) Okay, yeah, 104 for Toronto. To 98. I think the Wolves play well, but don't win the game. 104-98. Toronto outlasts the Wolves at home, and they win the ball game. It's going to be uh, just an overall like a fest for you know. Devar DeRozan is going to hit some shots, and they're going to score points inside. It's just going to kind of be a, a win for Toronto, quite basically. Friday, April the third, the Orlando Magic. Almost forgot about them. I almost forgot they exist. You know, I mean, it's like who who the hell are the Orlando Magic anyway? 
I don't even know who their coach is anymore. If it's still Jacques Vaughn or if he got let go or what. I'm confused. Uh, Vuvuzic, definitely a, a, a very good player for them. Luke Renard returns back to town. Victor Oladipo. Channing Fry, all these familiar names. <laughs> Aaron Gordon, or no, Alex, whatever his name is. <laughs> oh, man. It's a, uh, yeah, Aaron Gordon. <laughs> you, Orlando beat the Wolves 112 to 103 in overtime. It was a terrible showing in overtime after the Wolves played fairly good in that game. Long time ago. I'll check it out for the heck of it. This is like way back, like when Andrew Wiggins was just getting his first couple games in the, in the, in the league. And Rubio was still like healthy before he got like majorly hurt. He didn't do much in that game. In fact, that was the game he got hurt. <laughs> Wasn't that great? Yeah, this is actually the, the game that Rubio got hurt in. So, that figures, to be quite honest. Kevin Martin, 21 points in the game on poor shooting. Wiggins, barely a factor. That was back when he was scoring 6 points. Nobody really on the Wolves is that good, except Corey Brewer and Gorgie Zheng. And I remember even Kristoff that Zheng wasn't playing more than that. Uh, Orlando, foreigner, <laughs> 20 points. Alec, Aaron Gordon, yeah, that's so I was right the first time. Aaron Gordon did well. Alfred Payton, the rookie point guard, did all right. Um, Victor Oladipo was actually out for that game, so that does not look good for the Wolves that we didn't, you know, we, we, we didn't beat them without Oladipo. Hmm. Huh. Well, that's not good. Uh, we, you know, we, we still lost to them without him, so what are we going to do with him back playing again? Uh, uh, I might actually pick the Wolves to win this one, though, if you can believe it. I'm going to pick the Wolves to beat the Orlando Magic in, in this game, despite the fact they have a, a nice a nice overall team. I think the Wolves, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, I, I think the Wolves score like 108, and Orlando winds up with like 105. It's going to be really close. Probably, you know, it's going to be really close, maybe, uh... uh Whatever, if it's overtime or not. But it's going to be 108, 105. I think Minnesota wins the game, believe it or not. I think uh, somebody like Levine. It's going to be up to like Levine, Wiggins type of thing. Maybe Kevin Martin comes back and, and hits some shots again. But it's going to be something about, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to hit a lot. It's There's going to be a lot of threes in the game. That, that's my belief. And maybe Wiggins getting a lot of uh, free throws as well. You just have to hope for the best against Vuvisic, though. Because the defense inside has just been terrible. And, and it doesn't matter if Pekovic or Gorgie Zheng is a center. The defense has not been good against uh, power forwards and centers. And it's really, really frustrating without a doubt. So there you go. With that, I will put the wraps on the previous segment. I have the Wolves, believe it or not, going 2-1 and one this week. Call me crazy. I don't know. But we'll be back for fan interaction right after this. are back here on Timberwolves Explosion segment number three. That would be the fan interaction segment. A lot to get to so I figured <laughs> get through that previous segment nice and easy and yeah, I mean there's not that much at stake other than well, just final placing anyway. So it's not like I need to give long in-depth previews. You know, sometimes I rode those out a little too long. So let's just get to this now, right away. Joseph Phillips. Now right here, I see I, I got confused because it said Monday but no, it was Monday at 12.30 a.m. So he was talking about the Charlotte game because, well, 
Joseph Phillips is in Australia. So he was watching it, you know, during... <laughs> to, to him, it was like the next day or whatever. It was the next day. And, yeah. He was talking about the Charlotte game. So not the Utah game. He was saying, watch the game whilst doing work today. It was terrible because you just knew Minnesota would lose it after the first quarter. Do you think our starters will see at least one more game this season? Some of them, yes. Some of them, no. <laughs> yeah, as for like Rubio, Kevin Martin, Rubio might get shut down for the rest of the year because there aren't that many games left, to be quite honest. Uh, there's about 10 games left in the season now. So I'm thinking, uh, yeah, there's only about 10 games left. Maybe he comes back. I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they just sat him down. I'm getting sick and tired of him sitting down all, all the time. It's getting really old, but... You know, too many freaking injuries and stuff. Or at least when he does get hurt, it's like forever. And yet he's had 82-game seasons as well. So, uh, I, I don't know. Kevin Martin, maybe, maybe not. Uh, 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 Pekovic won't be back. No, Pekovic will not return this season. That's my prediction there. And it's like, what's the point? If you do value his career at all, I say just let him sit down the rest of the season. And hope that Gorgie Zhang isn't hurt too bad now after that getting elbow in the face. We'll see what happens there. Vince Germano had to tease me here, yes, and we, we talked about it on the Showtime and Teal show, so, yeah, we talked about it on live, uh, well, it was live for us in anyway. <laughs> he says, oi, Victoria is the state, Melbourne the city, lol, brother. That's because basically, yeah, Victoria would be like Minnesota and Melbourne would be like Minneapolis or Golden Valley, so I would have basically been saying, uh, they're all over there, that would be like if Vince Germano, Vince Germano said, Joey, over there in Minnesota Golden Valley, uh, messaging the Coltside podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, Minnesota Golden Valley. No, so I do deeply apologize for that. It was a, it was just a, a dumb move on my part. I do apologize. Melbourne, Victoria. Melbourne, Victoria. Melbourne, Victoria. Melbourne, Victoria. Because Melbourne is a city. I mean, duh. Of course I knew that. I have relatives in Melbourne. So, there you go. There you go. That's from my dad's side, of course. Hank McCoy says, uh, here it is. I, I have to say it. And I love you, Hank. I love you. <laughs> but I have to say this. Okay. Knowing where you guys are right now, and even moving ahead, if you if you had the chance over again, would you still trade the Trey Burke pick away? I'm going to do a Kevin Garnett here. Trade? <laughs> would I trade Trey, Trey Burke away? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's not, <laughs> yeah. It's a H E double L Y E A H. Because I can't even spell yeah anymore. Yeah. <laughs> y A H. Not a Y E A. No, okay. <laughs> yes, yes. Hell yes. Uh, we got two players that are pretty good, and Trey Burke's scoring like 12 points and five, five assists a game. He's not that good, man. He's not that good. He's got some game, sure. But he's not any type of game changer, in my opinion. He, he's just not. He's not a game changer, man. Maybe he will be, but I ain't seeing it. I ain't seeing it. And if they took Johnny Exum in the in, in the draft last year, they must not be seeing enough either to be like, okay, Trey Burke's untouchable. Why would they use a lottery pick for Donnie Axum if they had so much faith in Trey Burke? And I know Donnie Axum might end up being the shooting guard because they need a shooting guard like they need to breathe over there. But Donnie Axum's kind of kind of slightly more of a point guard than a shooting guard. Though, uh, these hybrid guards, it gets kind of old. And I know other people are probably like, screw that, he's a basketball player. Okay, well, whatever he is, he is what he is. But, yes, Shabazz Muhammad and Gorgie Zhang, 
versus Trey Burke. Shabazz Muhammad was awesome, man, before he got hurt. And yeah, he got hurt. Gargi Zhang is a very valuable center who can rebound and he can block shots. His overall man on defense needs to improve. Oh my god, does it need to improve? And with Coach Tibbs in town, it just might improve. Trey Burke versus those two, that was an awesome trade for Flip Saunders. And yeah, I mean, nobody has to agree with each other to do a show and still not love each other to death. So love you, Hank McCoy. Absolutely. Great, great basketball mind. That's why I call him Sherlock Holmes, man. But really, you could call Hank McCoy or, or uh, Vince Germano Sherlock Holmes but <laughs> with their basketball minds. But ultimately, Hank being uh, the, the alpha dog of the Courtside Podcast, he gets the nod for the Sherlock Holmes. I'm the Daryl Hall over here. I, I'm the, even though I'm not, uh, <clears throat> I don't have blue eyes, but, <laughs> but, you know, you could say blue-eyed soul, meaning like, uh, yeah. I'm like a white stole, you know what I mean? <laughs> Anyhow, Kamel Hilton. Kamal Hilton out of Toronto, Ontario. See, I'm not saying Ontario, Toronto, so at least I'm doing that right, right? <laughs> saying, check out the latest Timberwolves Explosion, Minnesota Timberwolves Show with Joey Wijen. P.S. If you ever want me on the show, just say the word and we'll make it happen. So you will hear Kamal Hilton on this show at some point, which will be just freaking awesome. Thank you so much, Kamal um, fantastic. I apologize that I didn't I didn't click like or respond to it. I think I did click like, but I didn't respond to it, and I feel like an asshole. And I apologize, Kamal. I'm responding to it now in a, in a more public matter. So I do apologize for that. And you will be on the show at some point. <laughs> Shoot, we're playing the Raptors this week. Look at me. I should have... Oh, well. I You know, I think over the course of time, yeah. I mean, he, he's going to be on, especially as the Wolves get better and stuff like that. I mean, he could probably give me a lot of conversation about Andrew Wiggins and even tell me more about what and what we could expect from Anthony Bennett in the not-too-distant future. Now, here we go. Now Hank is speaking my language a little bit right here. Yeah. And my stupid butt didn't even talk about this that much during the... during, like, when I was reviewing the Utah game because, you know, Zach Levine not only was great in the game, he was ice cold. And... Hank saying he was breaking he was breaking hearts in Utah, Joey. My boy Zach Levine was ice cold. That's got to be a lone wolf award for that game, without a doubt. But during the course of the week, Wiggins kind of took it away from him. I should give him an honorable mention though, so he's another honorable mention. Chase Buttinger is like a distant honorable mention <laughs> in a sense. It's like he's in the conversation, but he's like third place. Zach Levine second because Levine was awesome this whole week, to be uh, to be quite honest. And the two three pointers he hit. Very late in that game. In the final minute of that game. I mean, Zach Levine was definitely ice cold. And he saved the day for the Wolves. And we went on to win the game in overtime. Zach Levine, 27 points in that game. An absolute lone wolf candidate. But just the way Wiggins kind of took over. Over the course of the week. That was actually Wiggins' weakest game. But after that, he just kept getting better. And better. And better. Hank also putting this up. And this was awesome. He's talking about the whole Flip Saunders thing. He said, thought this was pretty funny considering how many injuries the Wolves have had this year. The thought of tanking had <laughs> never even crossed my mind. Yeah, I mean, there's too many injuries. And it was annoying. And they were posting where Flip rips the broadcasters. Do check that out if you're curious out there. Yeah, I mean, Flip had a lot to say there. Saying how irresponsible it was. Joseph Phillips saying, Fakers versus Wolves. If only KG was playing, he could have brutalized the opposition. Joseph Phillips continuing saying about the Lakers, it's not racism. Jerry Jeremy Lin <laughs> really is a bad player. 
hopefully L.A. is getting its money back from new fans because it isn't getting value for money on the court. Yeah, that's a team that's just a complete waste of time and money, to be quite honest with you. It, it's a joke. There's just no reason for you to believe in that uh, in the Lakers right now in terms of uh, thinking that they're really like uh, worth the <laughs> worth the value of the price because it's pretty expensive to go to a Laker game. I can only imagine. To be quite honest with you, though, uh, let's just continue from this. Right here, it says, <laughs> enough of this game, Minnesota versus Fakers. Better off outside in the sun than watching this display of rubbish by both teams. You sound just like me last year watching the Vikings. You know, during like the middle point of the season, when they looked like they had some really crappy games, and it was so nice out during the, uh, during the autumn time. Yeah, I mean, when it's nice outside, there's nothing wrong with going outside. You know, you know, and heck, in my case, at least I was able to bring the radio. <laughs> um, and I agree that uh, Jeremy Lin is nothing much to brag about. Phillips continuing on the uh, Laker conversation. Yeah, because this was some BS. Said the umps, uh, the umps are on to take the take on this game. Buttinger was yeah thirty centimeters away from the line. Peck looks like a bouncer in his suit. The game is rigged. I'm saying it. Come after me if you want. The refs are gambling on this game and want LA to win. This is more dodgy than a beef kebab. Sigh. Yeah, it was a complete joke. And uh, ultimately, the Laker game during the course of time here was, and it's like my memory's getting crappy here. But yeah, I mean, that, that the Wolves probably should have won that game. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a crappy display of basketball and everything. But no, I mean, it's like I let that overtake the facts that the, the Laker Wolves should have won that game. And there were a lot of really awful calls down the stretch that just killed us. Just terrible calls. Like, what were they thinking? They'd review a call, they'd have all the cameras in the world to see it, and they'd still still keep the call the way it was. It was just unbelievable. That favored the Lakers. Just bullcrap. Ultimately cost the Wolves the game, to be quite honest with you. Danae Brown was saying, I'm sure you have, you'll have lots to say about Wiggins this week, Joey, but Levine has been pretty good at the two-guard as well. Hopefully flip can see that he's a two and not a point now. I completely agree, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, Zach Levine at the at the two-guard position is uh, really, 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 really nice to see, and ultimately that's his destiny. Because if you are giving $55 million for Ricky Rubio, i got to hope that Zach Levine is, is going to be shooting guard long-term, not point guard, because that's just... It's either a wasted pick... Or you're done with Rubio. It's either a waste of a pick or a waste of a contract. Like, either way. Those guys need to both be starting. And to be quite honest, they complement each other perfectly. Rubio kicking out to Levine for a three-point shot, or Rubio alley-ooping it up to Levine for a dunk. Nice combination in the backcourt. And, of course, you know, Wiggins. Wiggins, of course, without a doubt. And Anthony, and you know, guys like Anthony Bennett and Adrian Payne also being on the receiving end of some alley-oop dunks without a doubt. There's a little teensy-weensy bit more on Twitter, so we'll go there. For the Timberwolves, simply look up Timberwolves Explosion on the Facebook page. Simply look it up in the search bar. Click on the one that says company, not group, company, not group. And I should have created a jingle again by now. How stupid of me. Apologize for that. Even though, like, I have the jingles on the desktop hard drive, but the desktop is is not working right now. I'm using a different laptop now. That's It's a better one, and I have an even better one <laughs> working now as well that I just bought. So things are getting a little better for me technology-wise, but the desktop, which is still supposed to be the main computer, still 
inoperable. I would love to get a hold of those files, and I just have not been able to, which is just a bummer. So there it is. <laughs> Twitter, at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion. And if you want to follow Forecaster, it's at Forecaster TE. One of these days, he'll be back on the air again. It's going to be sporadic. He'll be on air when he's able to, and hopefully more often than not, it would be quite nice indeed. I want to believe that I'm on the uh, correct Twitter account here, and I am. That is at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion. Mostly retweets and such, and favorites by Tanae Brown, Vince Germano, and Kamal Hilton. Thank you guys so, so much for retweeting my show. Really appreciate you, and never stop. I, <laughs> I really appreciate what you do, and it only helps the show. So Major League James. So this is the only actual interaction of the week. James, at Jimmy by Tenderdorp, <laughs> that's an interesting one, uh, says, would love to hear who you would prefer the Wolves drafting, Okafer slash Towns. So basically between those two, maybe you could do a segment on an upcoming show. And yeah, in time, I will definitely get heavier into the draft as we're about to wrap up the regular season. So, you know, it's going to be like very, very draft intensive combined with playoff talk as we get into April and May and such. But right now, just to kind of give you where I'm leaning, right now I would I would be leaning Okafer. I think he's got a little bit more to offer. And plus he's, he's larger. Right now I'm leaning Okafer. I, I, I just see him as ultimately becoming the better, the better pro out there. I, he's very good, man. And it's nice to see. And ultimately, we just might see these two guys going at it in the National Championship game. If, if all goes well, Kentucky and Duke will wind up in the National Championship game as they're now in the, the Final Four. It has begun. Uh, Duke will be playing... Duke will be playing Michigan State, who's uh, beat Louisville Cardinals, so I hate them now with a passion, even though I never really liked them that much because they're in the well, Big Ten Conference with the Golden Gophers, even though the Gophers are never a factor of any kind. Someday they will be again. But, um, yeah, I have a hard time cheering for uh, conference rivals in, in a tournament. Other people support our conference. I have a hard time doing it because I just, I don't, I don't like any of them. I, I don't, I don't know. I just consider them uh, an enemy, not a friend. And I love Louisville. And plus, uh, <laughs> Rick Patino is like about my favorite college coach out there. And, well, his son coaches the Gophers. So, I mean, so naturally it's, uh, it's, it's, very easy for me to, to like that team, and plus he he's he's supportive of the Gophers when he, he's he's come to the he's come to the barn and cheered on the Gophers more than once out there, even hurled out instructions, which is pretty funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny indeed. <laughs> the Patinos are on the Gophers side. I love it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we get better, and in, in that sense of things. But then also you got Wisconsin and Kentucky. Yeah, uh, Wisconsin, their fan base can be pretty obnoxious. Some of them are nice people and some of them are not. You know what I mean? I mean, I've met some nice Badger fans and some of them are just, oh my God, they're basically Packer fans. They literally are Packer fans, I'm sure. So there it is, uh, Wisconsin versus Kentucky. I do think it will be Kentucky and Duke in the final, which would be utterly like unbelievable. That's just unbelievable <laughs> competition right there. And you got the Clash of the Titans, Towns, and Okafor, number one versus number two. And, yeah, uh, ultimately, the uh, consensus number one overall pick in the draft may be decided in that game as they face each other head-to-head on the biggest stage of them all. 
it will definitely be a fascinating situation. Remember Irvin Magic Johnson and Larry Bird faced each other in the national championship game way back in 1978. Don't forget, <laughs> it it happened. It was uh, pretty cool. Pretty freaking cool. <laughs> 19, was it 78? Yes, it was. Way back in the day. NC State. No, Indiana State versus Michigan State. State, 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 state. Yeah, all these states. Magic Johnson won. Larry Bird lost. But both of them went on to have nice careers. So, we'll just see what happens. We will just see what happens. Magic won up winning five titles. Larry won three. But <laughs> pretty freaking awesome. I mean, they dominated the 80s on both sides of, uh, you know, east and west. It was pretty freaking awesome. We'll see. I don't think Towns and Okafor are going to have nearly the impact of those two guys and the, and the NBA. But maybe one one or both of them will wind up with a ring or two during the course of their career. Hopefully, if uh, we wind up with one of the two, that they'll wind up with a ring here with Wiggins. That'd be, uh, that'd be pretty awesome. It's going to create a logjam at the center position, but it'll make things very interesting. But of course, draft night is long, long away, as is the, the as is the uh, <laughs> the Powerball jackpot, so to speak, for the lottery. We'll see what happens. All right, I've drugged this out enough. We are at one hour. My time is up. Thank all of you so much for listening. Do give me a rating on iTunes if you could. Timberwolves Explosion. Give me a nice four or five star rating. Tell us, tell me what you like. Would be appreciated. Only attracts. Somebody looking for a Timberwolves show, they'll be attracted to it when they see it, and they'll say, hey, that sounds cool. I'll check it out. Timberwolves Explosion on iTunes. Absolutely. Do tell a friend about the show if you could as well. But ultimately, at the end of the day, those of you that have been listening to this show, thank you. God bless you. I appreciate you also very much. Please never leave. (laughs) Just please never leave. Thank you so much for being a part of things. And I already told you how to get to the... uh, Fan Interaction, there's also the phone line, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. And if you are from Australia or Canada or anything, so you don't have to, uh, they probably, well, Canada, I think you can call the U.S. via Skype, I think, depending on your account. I think so, depending on your account and stuff, via Skype. Or uh, or, uh, otherwise, if you have a Skype account, just look up TSS. Like, say you're from Australia or something. Look up TSS. You can also call in to the show. If I didn't say the, the regular number, 209-736-7877 or TSS on Skype. And you ultimately will be able to get on the Timberwolves Explosion show. And that would be freaking awesome. You'll be able to hear your voice on the show. Haven't had a call for quite a while. Would appreciate it. All right, everybody. Have a nice week. And go draft. 